Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. Hopefully everybody's recovered from their Thanksgiving Day food coma, (laughs) or Black Friday shopping coma, depending on, uh, or both, depending on what you choose. Or if you choose both. Oh, yeah. Uh, Never mind. Just just scratch (laughs) that. Cut that in post. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to leave that one in. So Rude. So we were off last week for the Thanksgiving Day holiday, and unsurprisingly, Disney announced a ton of news because we (laughs) always (laughs) seems to work out that way whenever you're off. There's a ton of news. I think with Rise of the Resistance opening this past week, Disney used that media event to announce a ton of other things coming to the parks within the next year. So that that's kind of the first big piece of news is that Rise of the Resistance has officially opened. It's using a virtual queue boarding system. So if you are planning to go to the parks uh, over the next month, I'm not sure if this is going to be permanent or just for the foreseeable future. Uh, Disney really hasn't announced yet. But when you get to the park that day, using the My Disney Experience app, you can then get a boarding group. And they assign you to a boarding group and then you're not actually waiting in line. So there's, you don't go and, and stand in a five hour queue or something like that. You just go, you get your boarding group and they alert you whenever it's time for your group to board. And you have like a two hour window to, to go back to the ride. And then you do have to wait in line once you're there, but they're doing that to keep the lines down. And I think it's smart because you know, the, the first day it opened, it shut down within the first hour or so pretty quickly. So you know, Disney's still having kind of operational issues of keeping it up long term. But this way, if they only have a few groups in at a time, you really don't realize if it's breaking down a lot because it's just, hey, my my group hasn't been called yet. So yeah. it's not it's not like you have six hours of people waiting in line. You, you kind of don't know. Yeah, this I, I think this is fantastic. Nobody wants to stand in line for hours upon hours upon hours. So it's a great way to get the most out of your park experience, but still get a chance to ride the newest ride. So yeah, I think that this is a great way to handle it. So yeah, I I think this is awesome. Yeah, and the ride, I mean, looks really good. I mean, there, there's ride-through videos of it on YouTube. I think being there is going to be even better, but just looking at a quick ride-through video, just the expansiveness of it is, is incredible. Right, you can't the quite scale. get that from watching the videos online, but I think that being completely surrounded by it and encompassed in it would be probably the most appealing aspect of the ride overall definitely so like i said with with rise of the resistance opening they had a big media preview media event so they announced a ton of other stuff so they announced that mickey minnie's runaway railway is going to be opening march 4th of 2020 so we have an official opening date for that also the mickey shorts theater is going to be opening in conjunction so that's going to be opening in march of 2020 so it's going to be opening with runaway railway and that is going to be taking the theater in hollywood studios and showing the new Mickey cartoon that the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway is based on. So that way people can kind of get familiar with the new Mickey before they ride the ride. And again, I love these new Mickey and Minnie um, portrayals. I think that they are really cute. Yeah, they had and one on the Magical Express when we were did, down there yeah. last month. Yeah, they were. it was really good. Yeah, they're Yeah, they're, they're, it's hard to explain them, but yeah, they're cute. They have more cartoony they look more cartoony somehow even though mickey is a cartoon they look more cartoony i think that it's, yeah, it's a, a cool change it's a different kind of animation it's style kind it's of not inter- your traditional yeah it's not your traditional look of mickey it's it's a, it's 
it's more retro, but yet, like you said, kind of... It's an updated retro. Yeah, it's an updated retro. It, it's almost like if... if TM, you, TM. <laughs> if you remember the the kind of like the D Street where it was like the punk Mickey that, that they had a few years ago down in Disney Springs. You still that, can that catch merchandise. Him every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, that merchandise. It, it's almost like that look to Yeah, him. he's really cute. The, yeah. The... the uh, what was he called? What did you just call him? A hip? I call him Punk Mickey, but I think it was like a hipster Mickey. Yeah, hipster Mickey, Mickey was yeah. adorable. Yeah, so it, it's that kind of similar animation style. So yeah, the one the one cartoon we saw on the Magical Express I thought was really good. So I, I think this ride should be really good. The the Runaway Railway is using the trackless ride technology that you know Walt Disney World has not had, but within the next year is going to be everywhere because you mm-hmm. have. Rise of the Resistance using it, Runaway Railways using it, Ratatouille is going to be using it. And it's so this is kind of the new. It, it provides a, the the trackless ride system provides more immersive storytelling because you can essentially go anywhere. You have no idea where you're going, and it makes it feel a lot more organic. Yeah, and it's a, those of you who've maybe been to or at least listened to our episode where we went to Japan. This is the same kind of technology that Pooh's Honey Hunt operates off exactly. of. Exactly. So it's a lot of fun. And the nice thing about it is also because there are different scenes and certain cars go up to certain scenes, you can ride it more than once and get a, a completely different experience. I mean, you can see everything in the rooms, but you might get a closer look at something than you might get. Like you might not see something else close up. So. It, it provides a rewritability. That's a good point because Rise of the Resistance has, I believe, two different paths. So there's two cars. So you essentially you go through the same show, but in slightly different perspectives. So you're right. So you could ride it twice and get a different view both times. Pooh's Honey Hunt has three cars, so that you're getting kind of three different perspectives. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Ratatouille works. How many different views? Uh, the Ratatouille ride's already in the Paris Disneyland, so and it's going to be essentially the same thing in Epcot. So I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Disney did give an update on the Ratatouille. We got our first look of the cars. You're a little mouse in oh, this. Oh, they look so cute. Yeah, like ev- little Remy. Yeah, and you are essentially... every Everything is, is larger because you're essentially a mouse going through the kitchen. So that is still on track to open next year. And then we, no official date yet, but then Disney announced official dates for a few other things coming to Epcot. So on January 17th, 2020... We're going to be getting the premiere of Awesome Planet, which is the new video in the Land Pavilion that's taking the place of the Circle of Life Lion King show yeah, or yeah, movie. That, as much as I love the Lion King, that one needed redone. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be, uh, according to, to Disney, so this is according to the Disney Parks blog, it's going to showcase Earth's beauty and diversity in a 10-minute film following spectacular imagery, in-theater effects, and an original musical score from Academy Award-winning composer Stephen Price. So, Ooh, they didn't go with Hans Zimmer. No, they didn't go with I- Hans I'm actually Zimmer. surprised. Uh, so that's going to be debuting on the 17th. Also, the Beauty and the Beast sing-along in the France Pavilion is going to be uh, premiering as well. And the new uh, Canada... Circle Vision 360-degree movie is going to be premiering as well. So that, that's that been closed for a while as they've been retooling that. And then also the Impressions of France movie is going to be getting an upgrade to 4K. So January 17th, you're going to be getting all of that. Later in 2020, we're going to be getting Remy. Rise of the Resistance is open. So a lot of news at the parks in Related news, I've already started planning a trip for 2020. <laughs> so, 
I mean, not not really, but you know, you're always planning your next really, Disney but trip. Not really. Yeah, you, you're always planning your next Disney trip, whether you're officially planning it or not. You're always thinking of, huh, when am I going to go next? Real talk. Every now and then, I have to I have to tell Joe like. I love Disney World. You know I love Disney World, but you do realize other places on the universe exist that we need to get to. Yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always trying to temper that love of going to Disney with, oh, but there are like we could go to Switzerland and that would be really cool. <laughs> True. But really, I mean, but next so summer So Disney, hint, just build a Switzerland pavilion. <laughs> but next summer, I mean, there's going to be a lot of new stuff next summer because within the next three months we're getting a, a lot of new attractions open plus rise of the resistance uh like i said the the ratatouille ride is going to be opening at some point next summer so if you go next summer fall there's going to be a lot of, of new stuff there and then in 2021 we're rolling into the 50th anniversary disney did announce kind of related to star wars that the star wars hotel the galactic star cruiser will officially be opening in 2021 so we have, again, it's not a specific date, but at some point in 2021, it will be opening. So we have a little bit more, you know, a concrete kind of year, at least on that. So the next couple of years, we're, we're going to be getting uh, a lot of stuff. But yeah, I mean, even next year, you know, there's a few more rides that that are new that we haven't even had a chance to ride before. You know, right. we were just there last month. And if you go <laughs> in another six months, there's going to be three it's new like rides. It's, it's, it's a completely different park every time you go, which is part of the, the appeal, right? I mean, you love you love to go because they're always updating. They're always adding. They're always putting new experiences out there for the people to go to. There's always behind the scenes things you've never done, food you haven't tried. So you're there's always something to explore. Exactly. So again, planning a trip, but not planning a trip but really planning a trip. Yeah, I was so. definitely planning a trip. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we kind of went on Thanksgiving break, we mentioned that our next episode, we would be covering kind of some of the Disney Plus shows and just talking about some of the shows that are on there, our thoughts on it. Want to give everybody a warning as a heads up so they had some time to watch the shows too. We'll try not to jump into too many spoilers about some of this stuff, but you know, in talking about it, we may you know, mention a few things that may be considered spoilers. So if you haven't seen all of the shows, as we kind of talk through some of this stuff, feel free to skip ahead, you know, a few minutes as we go through it. Yeah. So, but I think overall, just kind of first quick thoughts. I mean, Disney Plus, there's a lot of stuff on it. I mean, since it is launched uh, a month ago, essentially at this point, I mean, we've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. I think we've been watching it far more than we've been watching Netflix or Hulu just because there is not only the new shows, but even just the back catalog of yeah, movies we haven't, and we haven't we watched even Home Alone yesterday. The, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> we haven't scratched crazy the surface. Stuff. Yeah, we watched we got a chance to watch Home Alone. I don't think I'd ever seen it. I still hold to after watching it, I still hold to I've never I had never seen Home Alone. So it was nice because Wait, I, after I th- watching it, you still said you've never seen it? <laughs> No, but sometimes you know how you start watching something. Oh, you're you're like, like, oh, I've seen. Okay. Oh, yeah, I totally okay. have seen this. So you're right. Nothing you've never seen rung, it. Okay. rung a bell for me. Okay. I was going to say, like, <laughs> you did watch it. I was there. You, you had seen it after that point. So, yeah, but I mean, I think there really, you know, there is a lot of, of great content on it. And just 
yeah, the, the back catalog of all the older movies, and we haven't even gotten into some of the crazy movies. So a, a month ago, we kind of talked about like previewing some of the more eclectic shows and movies on there yeah. from the fifties and sixties. We haven't even gotten into the Barefoot Executive or the, oh, or yeah. the uh, Computer That Wore well, Shoes, all the Kurt Russell movies. I the other day, like as an impromptu decision, I when we were set when I was setting up the Christmas tree. I decided to put on. I tried to jungle watch Jungle to Jungle. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna watch George of the Jungle, but there's some sort of agreement. They're not getting it for a while. So then I put on Jungle to yeah, Jungle. Yes, so we can't watch National <laughs> Treasure yet. We can watch National Treasure too, but National Treasure, it's still which a is a favorite. national treasure in itself, <laughs> is not is not on until uh, until next year. So we cannot steal the Declaration of Independence <laughs> until sometime in 2020. Yeah, it was it was an interesting thing, though, because it was a show... I, rem- I remember loving it as a kid and watching it. It was still cute and in its own way, but definitely dated. And also, I mean, they just kept going back to the same thing and also definitely a lot politically incorrect. So Yeah, it's one of those 90s movies. So. Yeah. All right, but, but let's kind of jump into some of the original content for, for Disney+. Plus. So. Yes. And just kind of some of our thoughts on it. And definitely, you know, all of our kind of listeners, let us know what you think of these shows. Like, what's your favorite show? Ooh, what, what's, have you been what are the hidden watching? gems? Yeah. Because there's a lot on there. Yeah, what, it's hard what, to find it all. Because like we said, we didn't get a chance to go and dive into that back catalog. What did you watch with a group of your friends and make some sort of game out of? Because <laughs> it was so bad that it was good. Well, I don't think any of the yeah maybe the back catalog. I say I don't think any yes. of the original stuff has been bad, and it's interesting because I you know, I said binge watch, but you can't really binge watch anything because Netflix is kind of on its on an island out there as the only one that releases everything. All these other streaming networks and, and Disney is is in this camp of we're going to release one episode a week, kind of the the TV model. And at first, I was like, I wasn't sure if I was going to like that because you're so used to Netflix. And being able to see everything all at once and just kind of watch three or four episodes at a time. But I actually do like it because, and and I'll tell you why. Oh, I was going to say, I think it works really well for Netflix just because Netflix has a lot of older shows that people are um, like either rewatching or maybe watching for the first time. But you want, those are shows you want to binge. I mean, yeah, Netflix does have new new shows too. I was going to say, well, older shows, I mean, on Disney, you can binge too because once they're out, they're out. Right, I, I'm right, talking right. about the newer, but like Stranger yeah. Things. When Stranger Things drops, True. it's the whole season at once. But I, I like it, and we'll kind of we'll, you know maybe start with the Mandalorian here because I think that's you know maybe the main tentpole at least right now is original content. But I I like that it's only one episode a week because there have been some things, and this is here spoiler alert, Baby Yoda. Oh, so I think <laughs> you, you have you have Baby Yoda in that. And if it would have been, I can't even stop giggling. <laughs> you love him so much. Yeah, he's really taken over the world uh, ever since he launched. But, but if if all of those episodes were available at once, I think a lot of that reveal would have been ruined because somebody would have watched every episode the day it came out, and then if you don't have time to watch four or five hours of TV at once. You're gonna, it's gonna be ruined for you. So I think the fact that it comes out once a week on a Friday and everybody's kind of watching it roughly at the same time, you're not getting stuff spoiled for you as if all eight episodes were out at once. Correct. I, I think that one of the listeners, because I'm not really good at creating memes, needs to make the meme Baby Yoda, like a picture of Baby Yoda for me. And it says, like, Baby Yoda sparks the field that human babies are supposed to spark. 
That's way too many words for a name. I know. So. Well, somebody can condense that. I mean, ba- the Baby Yoda is so heavily featured in the show. Like, they knew, I think, as soon as they <laughs> designed him that he was going to be a hit because he is in it so much. I mean, it, it was a big risk because if, if people were like, this thing is terrible, the show would not have done well because he's a, a primary character of it. And it really is really interesting. It, it makes a lot of sense that they didn't screen any of the shows ahead of time. You know, John Favreau even um, commended Disney on their commitment to not making any Baby Yoda merchandise ahead of time because it, it would have leaked that there, that there was a Baby Yoda and everything. And they really made sure that it didn't leak. And, it, and I think it really worked because it and was we a know, surprise. We know that in the timeline that Yoda, it's not Baby Yoda. It's just the most convenient thing to say because one of the memes is like, you know, like there's a meme about how people can, yeah, you can call it Baby Yoda because that's easy because it's harder to say uh, child of the species that Yoda is. Like, yeah. And I would argue that we don't know for sure that it's not Baby Yoda. Well, yeah, because so, we think it's a, we think it could be a, it could be possibly a clone. It could be, yeah. And I and I think th- there's a lot in the Mandalorian. And again, don't want to get into t- t- too many spoilers on in this episode. But I do think uh, you know for our Patreon episode this month, we'll, we'll kind of dive into some more of more detail on the Mandalorian and how we think that may play into the rise of Skywalker, which is going to be out right at the end of the first season of the Mandalorian. And, uh, you know, and some of our maybe predictions for the Wait, Rise of Skywalker. Wait, how many more episodes of The Mandalorian are left? Three, I believe. That's tragic. Yeah. So there's a, oh, it's, no. a, it's an eight episode season. So how am I supposed to go? That When's the next season start? I'm, I mean, they've, they've announced that there is going to be another season. So at some point next year, but probably. I, I need more Baby Yoda. Right. But, but kind of jumping back to, you know, the merchandise and everything. And, and like we said, you know, they didn't make any merchandise ahead of time because they didn't want to have any spoilers come out john favreau still states that there's additional kind of spoilers that haven't been shown yet so who knows what that is going to be so it could be that it turns out that the child is a a clone or something of yoda but disney did announce that there is there are starting to release merchandise baby yoda merchandise for the holidays i find it interesting because shop disney kind of posted this thing hey order your baby yoda merchandise now and they literally took one picture of it and just put it on literally everything they could. So it was a t-shirt, it was mugs, it was sweatshirts, but it was the same photograph. And it's just like somebody in their in their marketing department said, okay, we have one photo we can use, how many different things we can put on. And they have like 50 things for you to buy, but it's all the same photo. But th- there, there is more starting to come out now, like plushes and things. This, this is what, I, to get. But this it, is what I've been saying though, though about Disney for some reason, they are terrible at merch. Like, they are not doing a great job of making, like, desirable merch for this. Well, and this is a cash cow. Well, again, like like I said, though, they purposely... You, you have to design merchandise so far ahead of time in order for it to get made. And they purposely didn't do that because so often with these movies and everything or TV shows, things leak because the Funko Pop designs come out ahead of time. And they didn't want to have a baby Yoda Funko come out, you know, leak two months before the movie. So it takes time. So now that it's out, they're going to be start designing this. And probably within the next four to six months, you'll start seeing this merchandise come out, which will get you excited for season two at some point next year. So, so that that's what it was all about. And they, they really 
they kind of made that commitment to say, hey, we don't need to have all this merchandise out right away to make all that money on the merchandise because it's more important to keep that secret for the story and to keep buzz about the show. Because now they have everybody talking like, oh, wow, like this kind of came out of nowhere as a big surprise and, and everybody wants to watch the show now. So I, I think it's good that they did that. But it's funny now that, yeah, they just you could quickly make t-shirts, but it's just the same photo on every, <laughs> on every item. You would have thought they, they could have gotten a, a few different poses. So, but I think overall, I mean, the Mandalorian is a great show. It's, it's, uh, it seems to be really well received across the star Wars fandom, which is rare nowadays yeah. because a lot of people complain. I mean, it's nice. It's a half hour show. It's, it's a unique spin on it. It's kind of like a Western type feel to it you know there's no lightsabers or anything like that so it's it's in that star wars environment but kind of a different spin on it and i mean you know john favreau does a great job with kind of everything he does so i think it's no surprise that he had a good take on it and and it it is a well-received show and it you know it's getting a season two because it is it is a good show i i think that it's very interesting how they tempered the personalities in the show it's really well done by john favreau because I think I even maybe made the comment in another episode that I wasn't that into Mando. Mando's not very likable. You can't ever you can't see his facial expressions. He um, is very kind of stoic, but he doesn't have to show you his facial expressions. He doesn't have to say things in order for you to understand that deep down, yeah, he's he's a hired bounty hunter, but deep down, he has a moral compass and he is really feeling the importance of this child, and so. He is very caring towards this child, so his 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 actions speak volumes for him. Even though he doesn't, you know, you can't see other things from him that you would from a typical character. Definitely. So, all right. So, moving on from the Mandalorian, there's uh, a few original Marvel shows. So, I watched a couple of these. The one I thought was funny. It was called Expanding the Universe. So it's a, a 12 minute, it's marked as like a documentary. Hmm. I watched it is essentially a 12 minute long sizzle reel <laughs> for all of the upcoming shows that don't even exist yet on Disney plus. So it is, it is just them showing coverage from what did you say it was called expanding the universe. So it, it's just them showing their announcements at Comic-Con and D23 of all of the new Disney plus shows. And that's essentially all it is. But yet I watched the whole thing. I was hooked and I'm ready to see all of these shows. So they, it, it just goes to show you that Marvel can make a 12 minute long video about literally nothing. There's nothing new <laughs> in it. Turn nothing into something. There's literally nothing new in it. There was no new announcements. I mean, we knew all of the shows that were being announced. There was some new concept art, but I was hooked for it for, for the whole time. So I, I thought that you was, you didn't even need the fun. concept art. Yeah, I didn't even need that. And then there's another one, uh, and that's like it's like an hour long documentary. I've gotten through about half of it, and this is a, an actual kind of, you know, more behind the scenes documentary about. I think it's called like assembling the universe, or it, it's something like that. But it kind of walks through the history of the the MCU. So it kind of talks about you know the gambles they were taking to make Iron Man and, and how they had a vague plan of this interconnected universe and, and how it, it, it grows. Like I said, I haven't gotten through the whole thing yet, but but that is you know very interesting. I mean the 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 Disney Plus shows for Marvel look really good. So you know in this extended sizzle reel, they kind of showed more of the what if. 
series that's coming, and this is an animated series, and it's going to have some interesting looks because you're going to have zombie Captain America. It looks like you're going to have, um, like, what if uh, T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of Black Panther? What if Peggy Carter was took the super soldier serum and she became Captain Carter instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America? So each wait, wait, one- wait, 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 wait. Wouldn't she just become Captain America, not Captain well, Carter? British. Okay, Peggy so Cap- So then she would be Captain Britain. No, she's because, Captain Carter. She goes by Cap. That's in in this in this. Uh, well, that doesn't series, make any becomes- sense because he's not Captain Rogers. Well, he yeah he's well that's what happens in, in the What If <laughs> series. Uh, she becomes Captain Carter, and I'd, I'd like actually- to, to file a, a formal complaint. <laughs> so she becomes Captain Carter, and then he then Steve Rogers actually uh, gets like an Iron Man suit in this. So cool. Howard Stark builds him an Iron Man like suit. So each episode is going to take uh, you know an interesting little take on the universe of, of what happens if something different happened. And I imagine they'll kind of say this is part of the continuity based on the multiverse, parallel universes type thing. Because um, I don't think these are just like offshoots. I so think these are all like Marvel related stories. then. Yeah, it's this is Marvel. What if? Yeah, it's an animated okay. series, and they're having all of the original. Uh, people, all the original actors voice the characters. So, so there's not going to be like a what if Simba had never come back to the Pride Lands, because <laughs> that would be not cool. in this series. Maybe maybe <laughs> Disney will do other ones. So. <laughs> that would actually be very depressing. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so so those are kind of the 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 Marvel ones. You watch the one or two episodes of the Encore, yes, show, and that's where they're taking it's old where... High School musicals and redoing them. Right. So. Kristen Bell and her team go back and they reassemble former high school musical casts and bring them back together to perform again. And it's interesting because they kind of focus in on how people have grown and changed and who has kids, how they kind of treat their kids. And uh, they really focused in the first episode on this one guy who is a police officer who he kind of seems like a jerk, like to be to put it lightly, kind of, he seems kind of jerkish, kind of not that nice, but then they go back and they explain about his past. And when he was in high school, he was going through a battle with cancer. And so you can kind of see where he got a lot of his personality quirks and even like some of the, some of these things that seem stubborn about him, you can understand because he says, you know, people told me I wasn't going to be able to do this. I wasn't going to be able to do this. I couldn't do that. Kind of and had a chip so, on his shoulder. Right. And so he's, he's kind of proving that, yeah, but you know what? It was, it was these exact personality traits that got him to where he is and got him to like survive and thrive in his life. So it's a, it's a very interesting show. And I mean, it is kind of funny because the people, whenever they come back and they're singing, like they're they're high schooler. They were they were high school singers, so they're not that. Yeah, these aren't great. these aren't necessarily yeah, professional singers, right? Yeah, right. so it really focuses on the human aspect of it, not necessarily so much the performance aspect. But I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, that. So that, I stopped watching it because you said you wanted to watch some of them with me. So I was like, all right, I'll pump the brakes. Yeah, and it's. I mean, each one is a different musical. And so, like, I think the first episode was Annie, mm-hmm. you know, so if you don't really care for Annie, like, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Annie, so I don't necessarily need to see that one. Well, like I said, the, the, and it, a lot of, you're the right, musical a lot of is not that Yeah, a lot of it's the human of side. Of, yes. but, but at least I, it helps you kind of get into it if you enjoy the musical and you kind of understand something. Because they do, I mean, at the end of it, they do put on, they show 
some footage of them putting yeah. on the musical. You they know, do. So, yeah. so it kind of helps. I think a lot of it also is just kind of that fun aspect of, okay, look, like this is mommy, this is daddy, this is whoever, and look what I used to be like, look what I can do. And it's kind of a cool way for that these people to show off to their kids and their families. I think we should convince Kristen Bell that our high school did Hamilton as our <laughs> musical. And you were Hamilton. Yeah, don't, I don't need to be Hamilton, but don't, um, you know, don't pay attention to the fact that we graduated years before Hamilton came out, but not years before Alexander Hamilton himself though. <laughs> yeah. But don't pay attention to that fact. We, we did Hamilton. So I think Kristen Bell needs to come. We need to meet her. We need to do Hamilton. Yeah. I Cause agree. that's the, that's the greatest musical ever. Yeah. I was so. going to say I, the only one she could do for my high school that I would be involved in. And I was just not even, I was one of the extras was Copacabana. So <laughs> yeah, we'll say it was Hamilton. <laughs> All right, um, so, so let's move on, uh, which may be, you talked about sleeper shows earlier, but and this may be the greatest bit of television ever made, but oh the world goodness. according yes. to Jeff Goldblum. Yes. If you have not watched this show yet, stop what you're doing and watch it now. Within the yes. first five minutes of the first episode, he purrs like a cat. <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. He's not talking about cats. He's not talking about animals. <laughs> the first show is about shoes. And in full Jeff Goldblum fashion, he is purring like a cat. It's, and, and, it is incredible. And just because the topic isn't something you're necessarily into, do not. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah really do not. Because I know Joe, Joe actually had even made a comment like, oh, I'm not that into tattoos. Like, you can watch that one. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll wait. And I think you loved the tattoo the one. The tattoo one was good. And he has so many great one-liners. So the first episode, he purrs like a cat. In the tattoo episode, he meets another guy named Jeff, and he goes, "Oh, let me drink you in." <laughs> <laughs> Just the way he talks. He is these so people. bizarre and awkward. He's so eclectic, and it is so funny to watch him interact with other people because I think most other people are like, "What do I do with this guy? He is a celebrity, but he is so weird." And so it is. It is. It is so fun to yeah. to see him interact with other people. I actually made a note on this, looking at my notes. Probably the greatest show ever made. That was that was my note for this. But I mean, we we have seen Jeff Goldblum. Or, you know, I've listened to him on podcasts. We've seen him yeah. on YouTube videos where you have to that, watch him on First We Feast. Yeah, where that personality comes out of him. So we knew about it yes, in advance. Because, but if you've only ever seen him in like Jurassic Park or, or some which movies, is a serious role, yeah, or some movies he's done, you're going to be like thrown off initially by him. Mm-hmm. So so you have to go with with that in mind that he does have. He has a very eclectic personality, and he's funny. I mean, if you – just the way he sees the world, and it is the world according to Jeff Goldblum. So it is interesting. You kind of get some of his uh, you know, history growing up and, and how he oh, sees things. It, yeah. It, it's, but it's really good. But it can be jarring if you're just like, hey, that's the guy from Jurassic Park, and you see him, and he starts purring or something like that. But if you if you kind of know that going into it or you've seen him, you know, maybe watch some YouTube videos of him or listen to some <laughs> of his interviews – you know, to kind of get his feel for his Seriously, kind of watch, humor. Watch the hot ones with him eating the the buffalo the wings. hot wings. Yeah, but this is just so 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 far. There's been one on shoes. Uh, I think ice cream tattoos. Mm-hmm. Those are the three we've watched. I think there's a fourth one. Didn't out you say now. there's a jeans one? Yeah, denim. That that was the one that we came should probably out this watch week. that today. Yeah, we we haven't watched that one yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, this but is all a show. Are great, and they're half hour. Like they're great shows. You I, learn a lot too. It's it's a Nat Geo produced show. Right. So they're you know it's. It's it a is. Quality, there's a historical yeah, context yeah. to what he's talking about, but he just has such a childlike sense of wonder. I mean, he's I don't I don't actually know how old he is. He's probably in his sixties, right? I think he's in his sixties. Yeah, yeah, but he still has that wonder about him, which is very um, 
it's you it's it's magnetizing like you kind of want to be around him i will say though i don't know if i could binge watch this show because he is so strange that almost after spending a half an hour with him i'm like okay now i can take a step back watch something else like, yeah like if you, I, if you just get into it now you essentially could watch four straight episodes but you're right that might be that might be a little too much that might jeff be a little goldblum. bit too much jeff goldblum <laughs> i will say he's very much like his character if you see if you've seen him in thor ragnarok oh yeah that is probably he. He probably really wasn't acting in that role like that. <laughs> if you if you see the world according to Jeff Goldblum, you'll be like, oh, that was that wasn't acting for him. Uh, what I was gonna say is, you know, he probably loves doing the show because it essentially is a free trip for him around the world. I mean, he went to Hawaii in the one episode. Oh my goodness, I was and so- he's traveling to all these like conventions. He went to Las Vegas, so he's going all over. So I'm sure it was an easy sell. It's like, hey, Jeff. We're just going to fly you around the world to go do cool stuff and you can just be yourself talking about things that interest <laughs> you. I imagine it was like he was like, oh, sign me up because yeah. it's easy. So they'll probably have some more episodes, like uh, more seasons. I don't know how many episodes are going to be in total. Like I said, The Mandalorian's eight. So I don't know if like Netflix has 13 episode seasons. I don't know if Disney's going to be around like an eight to 10 episode for some of these shows. I'm not sure. And anybody who's ever been to Pittsburgh or has Pittsburgh roots, that's also interesting. In the first episode, when they grew up. Yeah. When in the first episode, when they showed coming through the, uh, the Fort Pitt tunnels out into the city of Pittsburgh. And it's like, wow, cool. This is, this is Pittsburgh right here. And then I was like, okay, we'll never see this again. But every episode, they seem to kind of go to that touch point of like, okay, he's from here. This is, you know, he, when, as, a, as a child, went to Isley's. And it, there's a lot of things that if you have any sort of Pittsburgh roots, it's, it's very interesting in and of itself. Yeah, the setup of the show is essentially, again, it's called The World According to Jeff Goldblum. So the setup is, hey, this is something I love from my childhood or, or that interests me. So let me learn more about it. Why people do this or why, why people care. What's the history? Like he did tattoos. What's the history of tattooing? That's why he goes to Hawaii to see like traditional, like uh, the guy tapping the the traditional um, ink into somebody's skin. And that was that part. Again, I, I mean, I don't mean to ruin it, but that part was fascinating how the one dude who went to get tattooed actually went to get tattooed without knowledge of what he was receiving um, the tattoo artist was the one who who bequeathed the tattoo to him and then explained the meaning of it. So that was that was really cool. Like, I'm surprised he didn't get one there. Yeah, these are all they're, yeah they're all very interesting shows. So I think the last one kind of original show that I wanted to talk about was the Imagineering story. So the the one day at Disney documentary is also out. We haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. Right. That just came out this past week, and they're also having so that's a, a an hour long documentary where they went around the world all in the same day and, and filmed the Walt Disney Company. In conjunction with that, there's also a book that's out, and they're also releasing weekly shorts of individuals. I think they're like ten minutes of of individuals that either maybe they they showed in the documentary or didn't get or didn't get showcased in the documentary to kind of expand upon that. So we, we haven't really had a chance to, to dive into that too much, but we did get to watch the Imagineering story. And this is the, uh, this is the documentary directed by Ub Iwerks is uh, granddaughter, Leslie. Iwerks. Le- yeah. Leslie Iwerks. And I thought it was going to be a one episode thing. Like it was going to be an hour and a half mm-hmm. documentary. Pleasantly surprised. It's actually <laughs> a multi-part, series with hour-long episodes each so the first one 
uh, that, that we've really gotten to watch is just the origins of Imagineering, of them building Disneyland. And I mean, this is fascinating stuff. I, the thing that was, I think, the most, uh, the most interesting and a little jarring is the interviews that they have with some of the people who are older and worked with Walt directly. They have uh, interviews with Bob Gurr, uh, Marty Scalar, some of the original Imagineers. So whenever they actually talked to them and they got to the part of the doc- documentary where Walt Disney passed away from lung cancer, these people, when they spoke about it, started to get broken up. And this was, I mean, this is what, 40, how, 50 years 50 ago. years later, and they are still upset about it. And you have to like... He was just such a visionary, and I think that these people appreciated Walt because he was tough on them, and he pushed them to do things that they probably had never thought possible. So they and he was friendly too, and that you can tell he made a huge dent in their lives. Yeah, I think what kind of resonated most with me in the first episode. Um, so to your point, that I mean, just you know how much these people really loved Walt, but it was really. I mean, they were kind of flying by the seat of their pants. I mean, most of these people that were Imagineers, they were just old. They were just animators. Walt just picked the best animators and kind of go-getters from the studio and said, hey, we're building this Disneyland park. I mean, Bob Gurr, which was great, he designed the Matterhorn, so there's some great video of him in a suit <laughs> test driving the Matterhorn. Wasn't he, he was like, a. he's the one that was a car guy. Is it him? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he was, was saying like, I'd never designed a roller coaster before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So he had to learn trigonometry in order <laughs> to be able to, to figure out how to build this I didn't even coaster. learn trigonometry over a year in high school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's just, if you think of that, like today we think, okay, there's engineers and, and people that know robotics doing this Imagineering and building these things. But those original Imagineers in the fifties were just people that, had good ideas and just liked to learn stuff. I mean, he, Bob Gurr wasn't an engineer. He didn't know how to build a roller coaster. And Walt said, we're going to build this, just figure it out. And he did. Like, it's just, it's crazy to think about that and to see this behind the scenes of just how they kind of just pieced it together as they went. And like you said, Walt kind of pushed them and, and got them to buy into this vision. And they really, you know, as a group, they accomplished something incredible together that nobody would have thought they could accomplish, which is, I think, why they have such revere for him and the work they did. Because it, it really was amazing what they were able to do not being trained in that because they did something that nobody had ever done before. So there really was no training for it. Yeah, I, I think it's also a really good lesson for you know high schoolers and co- people in college. You, you're not going to know everything. You're not going to learn anything in high school and college. And if you get with a good employer, first of all, you're going to learn a lot of stuff on the job. And second of all, you you're 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 not dead once you get a job. You can learn new things. Yeah, you're and not you stuck can go, in one you can career move path. in different avenues and expand your your knowledge. And this is exactly what those imaginaries imaginaries did. Right, exactly. Like I'm sure a lot of those people that were animators never thought I'm going to now build the Matterhorn or Autotopia <laughs> or something like that. Or, I'm not gonna, I'm going to design the outside of it's a small world. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be designing the monorail or anything. And it was interesting too, to see how he paired people up that are, had very different sensibilities and talents and would, they'd say, you know, they'd never spend time together, but Walt had that ability to recognize it, it's not just about the, pers- the people's personalities. It's about their talents and their strengths. And he w- seemed to be really good at meshing people together 
who had sort of opposing strengths to make the best possible product. Yeah. Product. And again, they bought into that common vision, so it helps. So you could you could have different strengths and maybe again not agree on certain things, but you uh, you agreed on the common vision of where they wanted to go. A couple, you know, other just points to note from the first episode. The inside of the Matterhorn just looks like somebody's attic. <laughs> I mean, they they go they go behind the scenes. You get to see the basketball hoop that's in there. You know, people commonly say there's a court up there. It's really just a hoop. Well, I think that they said that, and then later they added the hoop just so that there was. That's what no, I got. No, they had people thought there was like a full size court on the top of the Matterhorn. Okay. So it's interesting to see that inside. But yeah, I mean, it's really it's just kind of a wooden attic in there. It, it's, and then it's, everyone who works there signs it. Yes. That's interesting. And the guy who designed it had had never signed it, and so he got to sign like some really cool spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bob Gurr signed it, and then the other thing, just seeing original videos from Disneyland. So seeing that they had mountain climbers on the Matterhorn, they had people dressed up <laughs> yeah. climbing on the side of it, like they're actually mountain climbers. They had mermaids in the Twenty Thousand Leagues yeah, and in, like the, in the, the lagoon. Pool. Yeah, in the lagoon in there. So just seeing some of that stuff, that coupled with the behind the scenes of what they went through talking to, like you said, some of the original Imagineers, some of the Imagineers from today. It, it really is fascinating. If you have any interest in Imagineering or how this stuff gets built, I think it's fascinating. I think even if you have a passing interest in it and you're just interested in Disney in general, I think this is a great show. I've seen a lot of people in Facebook groups mention this as one of like their favorite shows that, that they watch. And, and I, I mean, I agree. I think this is, this is really great. I look for, I'm like I said, I'm really glad that it is a multi-part series mm -hmm. and it's not, wasn't just a, you know, one, it wasn't just one documentary because it, it kind of moves through the decade. So it, it definitely really stands well up that they, it stands up well there with a lot of the other really cool documentaries out there, like free solo or the Dawn wall or the different ones that you can watch on Netflix and enjoy um, this one you feel it's just as educational and also you learn the backstory of the company of Walt Disney, which is fascinating. Definitely. So, but I, I think that kind of wraps up at least what we have watched so far on Disney. Oh, you know what? No, we did. We watched uh, Noel as well. Oh yeah. The original movie with Anna Kendrick and, and Bill Hader. I mean, it's good. It's no elf. No, not, not much is as, as far as yeah, like we watched, modern Christmas movies. Yeah. But I think it, it's really well done. It's kind of in the same vein. Yeah. Um, and I think where it, she's kind of alien whenever she goes down yeah. to um, hang out with the normal people searching for her brother. Right. And this one was supposed to be a theatrical release and then it got put on Disney Plus. I think I can kind of see why they put it on Disney Plus because I think if it would have been released in theaters, it's a good movie, but I don't think it would have done exceptionally well. In, in the in the theaters, I mean, I think it's something that maybe would have struggled to get to a hundred, a hundred and fifty million dollars domestically. And again, it's a, it's a Christmas movie, so it's it's not these. It wasn't something that they probably expected to do like three hundred million, like a Marvel or a Star mm -hmm. Wars. So I think it was a smart move to kind of pull that away because if they released it and it didn't do great, the narrative would have been it's a flop Disney flop yeah and, and you put it on Disney plus and now the narrative becomes hey this is a really solid Christmas movie that that we can watch now every year you know it, it's 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 good it doesn't have to be great it can kind of just be its own thing it doesn't have to compare itself to how did this box office do versus that box office it can kind of compare itself to the pantheon of Disney movies and it is it's a it's a solid edition I mean I would watch it again it's again not something 
you know, I over the top loved, but it, I would recommend it to people. It's a funny at times. It has has a decent story. I mean, I think it's overall a, a solid movie. Yeah, I agree. It did definitely. We both watched it and said we want to watch Elf again after we watched it. Yeah, makes you want to watch Elf. It, does, it, it is, it very, is similar. very very similar to Elf, but I Elf just has so many good laughs and so much like heart and everything. I, I bet Disney wishes they had made Elf because it is it is just such a fantastic movie. Yeah, I will say, I mean, it, it's kind of the, these movies so much are driven by the leads. I mean, Will Ferrell is just that like larger than life <laughs> comedic personality. So, he, he, <laughs> and in the movie, he is large. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he brings, <laughs> he brings that wonder to Elf. Whereas in Noel, Anna Kendrick's the lead, which she is great. Yeah. You know, so she's, she's great. She's funny, but she isn't, I think as you know, a comedic titan as Will Ferrell is. I don't um, think it's Anna Kendrick in general. I just think it was the the script. Yeah, I think I it, didn't see the issue with her. I think it could have used more. But what I'm just saying, as terms of like comedy, like it probably could have used more like Bill Hader. Like he's he's a you think of him more as a comedic talent, and he's not. <laughs> well, we've been much. watching a lot of Barry yeah, lately, so not, not so much. He's not comedic, <laughs> in Barry. But no, but I, I think she you know she does a great job. She sings in it a little bit to it kind of utilizes her talents there. Um, there definitely are some good moments. The the baby reindeer snow cone is yes. really cute. Yes. So I, I think, yeah, overall, it's it's good. Billy Eichner makes a pretty funny appearance as like the tech guru. It, it's an interesting spin on kind of the North Pole and, and how that works. I found myself wanting a prequel to this movie because there's a whole village of people in the North pole. And I'm like, how'd they get here? How did this hierarchy system work? How did the families, because if nobody, they're essentially the monarchy, if nobody, cause they, they make a mention that nobody has ever left the North pole, but Santa. So I'm like, how did all these people get here? So now I find myself, I want the, the prequel to know, well, I want the history of this. So <laughs> that's what I found myself. But, but yeah, so that was, I kind of forgot about that that we watched that one, but I think that was the kind of final one. But overall, I, like I said, I think that's a, a solid yeah, movie. Yeah, it was solid. So, definitely yeah. worth the watch. All right. So I think now that wraps it up. <laughs> so, but overall, like we said, I think, you know, Disney plus has a lot of great shows. Again, I, we just scratched the surface with, with what we have and, and even more original content is going to be coming out. So definitely let us know on Facebook, Instagram, we're at Enchanted Ears podcast on both. What's your favorite show so far? You know, which one, mm-hmm. Did you maybe not like? Like maybe Jeff Goldblum isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is completely yeah, possible. That's, that's understandable. You just have to have that certain sense of like quirky humor to find him entertaining. Right. right. Uh, you know, maybe you think Noel is, is better than Elf. I mean, we'll fight you on it. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe you think that's the case. So so definitely, you know, let us know and and let us know what shows you're looking forward to that haven't come out yet but that have been announced. So we, we would love to to hear from you i think next week we'll be discussing kind of our trip to galaxy's edge mm-hmm. uh so kind of finishing up our our trip recap from our most recent trip unfortunately we didn't get to ride rise of the resistance so we won't be <laughs> discussing we that. timed it a little poorly yeah we won't be discussing that in detail again or really just well plan- depending yep, just on planning another disney trip yeah. so, <laughs> another reason to go back down but we'll be discussing that next week so be sure to check us out again next monday Thanks for lending us your ears. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week, and we'll see you Monday. Bye.